Because We Make, the podcast about making, creativity, and why we do what we do as makers and creatives. I'm your host, Vincent Ferrari, and joining me as always, my co-host and good friend, Ethan Carter. What's up, Vincent? How you doing, man? I think I threw you off. I reversed those. I know, you did. <laughs> I just you did. realized. And, and uh, you, do you hear my, I think I, st- like, there's you a stopped. hesitated. Yeah, there's Wait, a hesitation like, there. Did Ethan die? <laughs> did we lose Ethan? Oh, man. Happy Monday, my friend. Happy Monday. We're back. We're back. And we have a great guest tonight. And I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. This is going to be a good yeah. one. We're not we're not doing video this week. Sorry, everybody. Because um, we didn't need to. Um, it was cool having it was cool having Christy on. It was a little bit nerve wracking doing video. Yeah, it was definitely. Um, well, and because we hadn't planned it. I mean, well, yeah, I mean. We well, let's just say it's it's nerve wracking either way because even our uh, <laughs> our because we uh, you know enlighten us challenge video we knew we were going to video it and it was still nerve wracking. But but can, but can I tell you the truth? Can I tell you the truth? I'm not going to lie. I really enjoy it. No, it like, is fun. It's it is fun, fun to yeah. watch afterwards. Yeah, like yeah. to watch. And I know the response generally was, "Meh, we could take it or leave it." So I'm like, okay, they they like us on audio. I get it, yeah. but. I don't know, man. I'm kind of, I feel like I want to do more of more streams. Like, yeah. Even like if it's, it's not this not podcast. Not replacing this. Yeah. yeah not replacing right. this or even not even doing this on a, on a video format, but I'm, I'm kind of, I was kind of feeling my oats doing it. Like I was enjoying it. So well, I, I think don't know. It, for me too, it, it, the more I do that stuff, as we've talked about so many times, but the more I'm on camera and stuff like that, the better, the more comfortable I am with it. It does get and easier, doesn't it? Yeah, so I I like that aspect of it as well because I do get more and more comfortable. Um, yeah. So. I, I'm, a, I'm one of those weird people that I'm a really shy, introverted, ter- painfully shy human being mm-hmm. and then a camera turns on in front of me and it's like, oh, I'm on. Let's go. I think <laughs> I'm the, actually the opposite. <laughs> I, <laughs> you're the like, outgoing... Well, and we can the outgoing gregarious guy and then the yeah. camera turns on and it's like oh where's my shell yeah i wouldn't say i mean i wouldn't go to that extreme but our guest has met me in person i think i'm pretty sociable in person and stuff like that but the second the camera turns on i just i i freeze up and i so i have to like almost create you know almost have to perform which is weird <laughs> right it's it's a weird stressful. thing yeah it's stressful so it's stressful but yeah. again well there's my tag word um but it, it does get easier. I, I'm trying to do it more, and and the two I'm working on two uh, YouTube videos now, and both of them I've tried to do some kind of midstream on camera things just to get more used to it. So we'll see. Yeah, I think I think you're going to be just fine. <laughs> I think you'll be just fine. You've come a long way in a very short period of time, so I think I think everything's going to work out just fine. So and yeah, as Ethan alluded to, we actually do have a guest this week. Yes. Um, not bad. Two weeks in a row. I know. Two, two weeks in a row. Maybe we can get our numbers back from the dead. <laughs> wow. Are you guys really, really are just like, you want guests and nothing else. <laughs> we get it. <laughs> we get it. We're trying. Yeah. But our guest this week is going to scratch that itch for a lot of people. So we, Ethan and I have probably, I think we've talked about him. Prob- we'll talk, we're going to talk about guests. We'll be with you in one second, but we're going to talk about you for a few seconds like you're not here. But we we talk about him all the time. Yeah. Well, like, even on other people's podcasts. On he, other people. Yeah. We've literally talked about him on other people's podcasts. Like, that's how cool he is. Um, well, can, I guess this no, well, let me, So let me talk a little bit. Go about, for it. Go for it. Well, all right. So I'm going to get this right out of the way because here's why he's one of my favorite content creators. And and I'm going to I'm going to say this. Con- he like content creator triple threat 
right? Everyone's heard mm-hmm. of the triple threat. But here's why I think our guest is the content creator triple threat. He's a phenomenal maker, makes amazing things. He is an extremely talented videographer and editor. So that's two. And third, he's amazingly entertaining and really, really good at storytelling and entertaining and everything like that. So to me, he's the content creator triple threat. Our guest this week is the one and only Andrew Guevara, AG Does It. How you doing, man? Oh my gosh, what an intro. Thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> We're, you know, we don't we don't really fanboy over a lot of people that we have on this show. I mean, we don't. We we try to kind of contain it because you want to act like you've been there. But I don't know, man. There's something about watching your work and watching the way you do what you do. And it's just like, I want to do stuff like that. Right. Like oh, the, I spend so much time watching your videos just going how <laughs> like right how well and yeah so, and I, as i've said on well on the other podcasts and stuff like that i watch your videos and your content and i just it makes me want to up my game and i think that's a really there's a lot of makers out there um and big youtubers that i really aspire to be like and stuff like that but it's 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 not necessarily their video and editing you know, skills, it's, it's, it's their makers or whatever. And your, your videos are just so spot on. So what? Yeah. Yeah. I I think I'm trying to, to fill that void because yeah, there's not a lot of people who put that much effort into their videos and the editing and the storytelling part, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of realizing that I'm, I'm not the, you know, the, the, the best maker out there, but I know that I can produce some pretty good videos. So I think that's where I'm starting to focus on now. What, what kind of what kind of training do you have? I mean, and and the reason I ask is because the level of production that you do, it's almost if you tell me nothing, I'm just going to quit because it's like I am just not. Gonna <laughs> but is there? Do you have some kind of formal training in video and filmmaking and something like that? Is that is that something you've taken? some kind of class or got a degree in or something? I, I come straight from YouTube University, my man. Um, Unreal. So, you know, I, I'm a musician at, at heart. And w- what started was the music background. I, I was, you know, a producer, a singer. I played the piano for, you know, 35 years or whatever. And uh, that has been kind of the backbone of my of my skill set. And then I ventured off into video had a video production company, you know, doing weddings and special events for 15 years. So then now I've covered video. So you got the audio and the video and just overall creation and editing has been uh, kind of my playground and what I've been when exposed to. Then you get into making, you know, and that kind of fills the, the other gap. There's a level of polish to what you produce that is just because you know we see people all the time that do a good video or they tell a good story but you know you kind of forgive the video and with you it's like oh i got the good video i got the good making i got the good i got the good story and i'm going to shoot one banger of a video and it's it's remarkable to see all that stuff come together because there's not a lot of makers that really do bring that all together what yeah sorry no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say. I mean, I think that's yeah. I think that's what it is. Is that yeah? Most of, most of us in this space are have one kind of main strength, right? We're all of us are pretty good at a lot of things, and that's why we're makers and content creators, right? We that's kind of how how we've come into this is because we can dabble in a lot of things. Um, but I, I agree. I think it's rare when there's when there when you, there's someone that can do all of it very, very, at a, at a very high level. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing too is I, I think it's also interesting. I, I think we've talked about this before too. There, there is something about musicians and makers and content creators. There, it, it's similar to like the programming background, right? There's something about sure. musicians like David Picciuto and stuff like that, and you know, and Bob and all those. There, even if they're not, that's not their main focus. There is that background, and it's interesting to hear that you started there. And so how long did you do that? Like, what was the, like, what was well, your... Well, yeah, so for the music part, I, I started when I was maybe four years old playing piano by ear, just starting with the Mario Brothers theme, you know, and <laughs> surprising my parents because they hear us playing Nintendo, you know, the whole time. Then all of a sudden I start playing the theme on the piano. They're like, we and... said, stop playing Nintendo. And you're like, no, I'm playing piano. I'm practicing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that and Zelda and, and just playing piano and, and playing things by ear. Uh, has just been so much fun and trying to figure things out, dissecting music, figuring out what instruments were there and just getting into that mindset of uh, paying attention to that level of detail. That has been kind of what I've been, you know, just attracted to my whole life, just figuring out how things work, how things are built, are made, and then kind of reverse engineering it. Uh, For example, like one of the things that I used to do when I used to make instrumental versions for for artists or you know uh for people who wanted to perform a a cover of something and their instrumental wasn't available so they would reach out to me and ask me to make an instrumental so what i would do is i would listen to the actual track and the only instrument that i always had a hard time trying to identify and you know the notes and everything was the bass and you can rarely hear the notes of the bass so what i would do is i would speed up the song the playback and when you do that, even two times or three times speed, the bass sticks out at you. And I was able to identify all of those notes. And for me, like that was the hardest thing to do. And a lot of people weren't able to reproduce music and they get the bass notes wrong because they weren't able to hear it. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was a fun thing for me, just being able to recreate stuff that other people wouldn't able, you know, be able to to create. But I guess that's, that's, a, that's yeah. a problem solving that we always talk about, right? There's, yeah. There's a there's got to be a way, and it's not just I can't do it. I I'm gonna figure out a way. That's that's brilliant. That's amazing. One it's of the, the things that, that tunnel vision thing. Yeah. <laughs> One right. of the things that always stands out about your videos is the way you you incorporate the rhythm of the song into your oh, shots yeah. and your cuts and your your oh, ramp ups sure. and your ramp downs, and you really do. Uh, the only other I'm literally gonna say, you know, I'm gonna compare you, but the only other person I've ever seen that does it as well as you do is Casey Neistat. Mm-hmm. Ah, and yeah. I mean, and I know that people, you know, go Casey, not like who are you comparing me to Casey? But it really is true. Like the, the first time I ever saw anyone ramp their video up and down based on, you know, the tempo of a song or hit things on the beat was Casey. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, when I started watching your videos, you know, you're, even if it's just, you know, short stuff on Instagram or stuff, anything you've ever set to music, it's like, you really do spend a lot of time making sure that things fall on the beat, stick with the tempo. And it's like, oh, yeah, now that I know you have a music background, that makes a whole lot more well, sense. And- yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, you're, yeah. you're one of the only people that I turn the volume on for, to be honest. And, and, <laughs> and, and that's the truth. I mean, and, and I put music to mine and I'm so happy when it just randomly happens to fall on a beat like i'm, I'm like oh, that was great that was awesome <laughs> and then you do it all the time but it's it, it it's another one of those things where if you uh it, if you're not in this space or you're not into editing you probably don't even realize it but right you, but you know but it is such a pleasing thing 
to to happen and and it's it, people like i like this video i don't you know i don't even know why and it's because of things like that yeah it's the but, science behind yeah. you know the audio and and that's that's really just been the backbone of everything that i've been doing when <clears throat> when i started my video production company that was my my slogan or my tagline for my um company was a great presentation is never skipped and the company name was skip no productions and um (laughs) it's just a made-up word right but i want my goal for each video that i made was to make sure that it was engaging enough and exciting enough that you don't want to fast forward you know to the good parts every every second was something that was watchable and and the way to do that was to incorporate the audio and if you you know the 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 general uh, rule is that like video is 80 to 90% audio. You can close your eyes and know what video you're seeing just by listening to the audio. And, and I'm going with that kind of uh, mentality. And as long as I put enough effort into the music and the audio and the sound effects, like, you know, it just ties everything together, even if the visuals aren't that great. Well, and, and that's, that's, that is kind of a rule of thumb is that people for, will forgive bad lighting and will forgive bad video but they won't forgive bad audio and so if 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 you don't even if you're not even taking into i can't put out bad audio and you're actually elevating it to audio is going to be a key focus of the video yeah that's brilliant i mean that's great right yeah one of my favorite youtubers who i've learned so much from like i'm just watching watching his processes watch his audio is abysmal like it's it's just horrific mm-hmm. and it's it's almost it's a it's almost a joke like when I turn on the video it's like all right well I'm just not expecting to hear what he's got to say let me just watch when he starts working because it's just I'm not going to understand here or pick up on anything because he make and it kind of takes away from the video because if the video had the introduction and the outro in a way that was you know comprehensible it would add so much more to the video. And I, that's not even a high bar, like comprehensible. I'm not even talking like high level of production, but people, you know, they figure, well, I'm on camera and people are here to look. Yeah, but most people don't look the entire time. And this is something that I've really, I do this a lot, where YouTube will be on as background noise while I'm doing something. And then I'll hear something and I'll go, oh, what was what was that? And I'll go back and I'll watch. But if something, if it's not catching my, my ear at any time, yeah. I'm never going to go back to it. And I think audio does get completely discounted by way too many creators. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think uh, one other example of just the importance of audio, like <laughs> this happens to me all the time if, at any event. My my uh, last week, my brother did a, a speaking engagement and we went to go watch him. And the audio that the DJ set up and the speakers and everything was just crap. It was just terrible. And I was like, I got to do something. <laughs> I have to do something to go fix it. So, and you can tell uh, the DJ was having trouble trying to get the feedback down to a minimum. And I was cringing every single time. And I was like, no, if they could just move the speaker just a little bit to the left, <laughs> they'll be okay. So then this DJ comes down off stage and tries to uh, talk to somebody you know, who might have a little bit more experience. It was very clear that she was kind of new to all of this. And I just pulled her to the side. I got off from my chair. I said, hey, do you need some help? <laughs> <laughs> and, she, and she said, and she said, like, oh, my God, yes, 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 please. Can you help me? So, yeah, and I totally did it. So I went up on stage with her and fixed everything. And, and you know, that's that's how important I, I, I you know, put into audio. Just, 
even at weddings, if I'm, if I'm not videotaping a wedding or filming a wedding, like I'm clearly listening to the audio and if there's any chance that I could boost, make a presentation better. Like if, you know, like if the maid of honor is giving me a speech and she's crying and nobody can hear you, what, you know, it's, <laughs> it's a huge fail. Right, so, right. It's I, funny you mentioned DJs because that, that I've seen that, I've seen that also, like you go to an event and you know, the audio coming off, like they're, they're so obsessed with it being loud that they pay no attention to it if it's actually good. Good, right. Exactly. That's so funny. Well, so what happened at WorkbenchCon? How could you not fix that horrible? <laughs> so, <laughs> wait, no, no, I wasn't at WorkbenchCon, so y'all got to fill me in on this one now. <laughs> they, they, I mean, I think it, they, the audio in the main room was just horrendous. I mean, it was just, I, I mean, it, it was a huge hanger basically right for and, sure uh, yeah but that was just brutal but <laughs> i don't know if there's any way that no you, right yeah that that you can kind of fix this hold on i just noticed something that my audio is a little low so i'm going to boost that up and maybe i can be heard oh. a little bit better <laughs> is, is that, that, makes, that sounds like workbench con right there yeah okay okay so, so we're talking about audio now i have to fix it do i do i sound okay <laughs> sound a little okay. uh, little rough yeah okay you might be clipping just a bit a little bit oh sorry sorry <laughs> okay oh my god everyone in their cars just went what did he just do <laughs> i didn't know it was that much of a difference but anyway <laughs> just goes to show you right there yeah you can never you can never you gotta find that sweet spot so you you get this you get this bug up your butt and you're like i'm gonna start doing maker videos Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what sparked did, that actually? Yeah, something has to happen where you go, I could do this. I could probably do it better than other people. And what's cool is that I feel like we're in on the ground floor to watch you on your YouTube channel. But what what sparked you to finally start one? And were you emulating anyone? Like, how did it all get started for you? Sure. Yeah. So once I have gotten the audio part kind of down and comfortable and then the video part, you know, with the experience of video production, I first started, you know, I went into making, uh, I met my wife and we kind of gone into this whole DIY thing together, did a whole DIY wedding. And that's when I picked up my first saw and found a joy in that. And, um, you know, ever since then, when when people started calling us and say, hey, you remember that thing you made for your wedding? Can you make one for us, too? You know, a light bulb went in my head and, you know, I just thought, hey, maybe we can make a business out of it. And so for a while, for a few years, I was just focused on getting, you know, becoming a better maker or builder or just learning more about carpentry, woodworking and, and laser engraving and stuff. And I never really put too much emphasis on sharing and mm-hmm. producing content. Um, but now that I've, you know, uh, beefed up my skills a little bit, had a little experience under my belt, there was a time, not instantaneously, it was really just more gradually that I decided to say, hey, why don't I put my previous skills to work? I mean, I don't want to put it on the shelf. You know what I mean? I, I, I haven't played music in a while. I haven't done a lot of videos, but I have been doing a lot of making. So there was a time maybe just, I don't know, a year and a half, two years ago, that I just decided to start putting it together, uh, you know, all three together into, you know, into content, you know, it's, it's like, yeah, go ahead. No, it's just, it's, it's fascinating to, we don't usually, so what we usually hear is kind of the opposite. Usually people start the videos and then they start 
developing the skills right they are they start like content yeah. creation right it's kind of yeah. funny to hear someone say like well i had all the stuff lined up i just needed to put it together and i just decided to do it. like it's the literal opposite of almost every <laughs> single person that we've had on this show it's kind of amazing actually <laughs> yeah it's it's it took me forever to start a youtube channel just because i was such a perfectionist and my experience with audio and video it, you know it needed to be right but you know then again i would take a step back every once in a while and and you know ethan knows this yeah right. <laughs> been on been on my case forever um like dude just start putting stuff out you know yeah. and and see what happens and you know i think that's just what i did and um it's it's been fun now now you know the, the creative juices are always flowing and you know I, I i want to be kind of that person who can not only make cool stuff but but produce it and and present it in in other cool ways too I, and I think that I like, yeah, so I have been on your case forever um, because <laughs> because I, 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 I knew that you would crush it as soon as you started. But I also I totally get that that, you know, that mentality of you, you are you I mean, not a, I would not a perfectionist. That's a wrong term. I think that comes with wrong connotations. But you you want it to be what you want it to be. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has to represent and, and be you you have to be happy with it. And I think that you know, that makes sense. And I think a lot of us are that way. Um, but yeah, I, I think I, I've lost my train of thought. So never mind. Does your, does, okay. So I, I actually, so hearing that you're, a, you consider yourself a bit of a perfectionist, it starts to make me wonder, right? Because so the way, when you're a maker, mm-hmm. you kind of make the product or the project on a video and you edit, you do whatever, and you put it out. You don't really make it a second time. So how does a perfectionist handle a video that didn't get shot perfectly like do you dump it or do you start over and say i'm just going to make it again like how do you how do you, you, you how just would make it perfect like every time vincent <laughs> right. yeah, sure. that, that's no. i mean that's clearly the answer how could i be so silly no i think i think the way to approach it is is really just a mindset thing mm-hmm. you know you're not always going to get it perfect and and i think you will just live with it and and let it go um, that's one thing that i'm starting to practice like if i spend too much time being perfect or a striving to be perfect in something, then then I'll never make as much progress. And looking back, whenever I get the mentality of, you know what, it's not going to be great. It's not going to be perfect. Um, but that's just my perspective. What my, mm-hmm. my version of, not you know, 80% perfect will be like 150% perfect to somebody else. And I have to just keep reminding myself of that, that, you know, my perspective might be so high of a level uh, or my requirements that, that, people won't even care that it's, you know, they'll probably already be entertained with something that I feel will only be 75% perfect. And I just have to keep reminding myself of that. Well, I think, again, our relationship, like, I think a good example of that is the Christmas video that you put out, that you, Mm -hmm. that you reached out to all, you know, a bunch of different makers and, uh, and got a bunch of different shop sounds. And then you edit it into this amazing video. But I think if it hadn't been Christmas Eve, you probably wouldn't have gotten that out. That because that was you know you wouldn't have released that because you probably would have kept working on it, right? I mean, oh, am yeah, I sure, am I overstepping? Sure. But I think that right there's a little bit to that. There's a little bit of a deadline, whether it's self inflicted or or date driven. And and I've talked about this with myself. My first, the only reason I put out my first YouTube video was because it it was a challenge and the deadline was that day, right? So yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I, I think that that um I might I might want to take back my mentioning of being a perfectionist because nobody is perfect, right? It's right. a conflicting thing. Mm-hmm. But I, I and even my in my professional uh career as a litigation consultant, like you're when you're designing, you know, presentations for 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 the court or for whatever, it's never going to be perfect. Any designer would know that. Like you, you just have to know when to stop. When's because enough is enough, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And if given the time, you could you can go all day adjusting every single pixel, every single frame of video. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm practicing on. I think just more know, knowing where to stop um, and knowing that. If I have a certain allotment of time, if I have this many hours to do something, I know that either it's going to be really, really good or it's going to be almost as good and I have to live with it and be prepared that it's not going to be, you know, what I envisioned and being okay with that. That's got to be, that's got to be just, I like, I know one of the things that we always joke about is, you know, Steve Ramsey's philosophy of don't lead, don't lead with your mistakes. Mm-hmm. And I always wonder, like, do you, is that a tendency that you have also, like, because if you're a perfectionist, do you also have an ego that says, I can't lead with my mistakes? Or is it, I'm perfect, I'm perfectionist, and I want you to know that this isn't perfect, and I know it's not perfect. I'm not handing you something that might not be perfect. Is that, which way do you go with that? Yeah, I don't beat myself up on the perfection side. Like, mm-hmm. I, I would, I would consider myself a perfectionist to a certain point to to being somebody that would strive for perfection, but mm-hmm. not be let down if it's not perfect. That's that's right? a really that's a great way of putting it. Yeah, yeah, you can always strive to be that that uh, be able to bring what you have in your mind to fruition, but have that expectation of having zero expectation basically <laughs> yeah that, you know it's I mean? not a bad thing to be to have the desire to be a perfectionist right mm-hmm. it's it's the it's the debilitating part of trying to be a perfectionist that's the issue right 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 yeah, if it stops you from actually doing stuff then you're screwed then right. you're not going to ever do anything because even after years of experience you're not going to be perfect at anything Right, 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 and that—that's the humbling kind of experience. Like you're never going to be perfect, and I think once you come to terms with that, then then it's it's, it's all free. Yeah, it's interesting because I just had a I just had a bout of this um, with a project I was working on. I'm, I was making a plaque for somebody, and I did the carve on the CNC, and it came out beautiful. I was so happy with it. I was like, "This is great. This is awesome." And I'm showing progress pics to all my friends. And at one point, I looked at it in one of the pictures. I'm like that's off. Like I looked at it and it was like, that's off. Like I could probably give that to him now. He'll look at it and go, this is amazing. I'm looking at it going, this is off. I cannot live with this. And I went down to my table saw and I, I took, I have a center finding woodpeckers ruler and I found center on the board and I looked and from the picture and I was kind of proud of myself. I was able to see it was off by three eighths of an inch. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, it's just off center enough where I can't leave this. Like I, this cannot, I put it through the table saw and then repainted the edge that I cut off and I was so much happier with it. But it's, it's weird because it, the old me, the old me probably would have just said, well, it looks like it was handmade. This <laughs> me is like, I can't live with that at all. Like, and I, I talked about it in my stories, like this kind of like the OCD mind. Mm-hmm. And right, I feel right. like if if you're a perfectionist and you have OCDs, you're in big freaking trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's just going to be screaming and nothing is ever going to be good enough. Like 
I probably, and I'm going to, the dirty little secret, and Ethan saw the final product today, Mm -hmm. but the dirty little secret is it's still off. It's probably off by about a 30 second and I could see it and it drives me crazy. But at some point I have to just go, he's not going to notice. Like I have to. So it's really interesting. You say like I was striving to get it as centered as I possibly could. I cut off as much as I possibly could. But the reality is that it's still not a hundred percent perfect, but it's close enough where I'm okay with it where it is now. Yeah. But that takes a major kind of leap of your spirit almost to just go, I'm going to just let it be. I'm going to have to just let it be. I can't keep trimming because what's going to happen. It's like your mustache, right? You ever try to trim a mustache? You know, it's like eventually you end up with the Charlie Chaplin and it's like, oh, screw it. I'm just taking the whole damn thing off. <laughs> you know, one thing that I, I uh, have done before just recently, and it was actually proving uh, pretty useful is when you're doing something, when you're making something, you know that there's going to be certain flaws that that you'll catch along the way. Mm-hmm. And I have limited <clears throat> myself to identifying just three flaws in my project and giving my that myself that allotment that once I reach finding my third flaw in it, I'm going to stop looking for imperfections Wow! and, wow. and just consider it done. Um I mean, and they have to be big, right? They have to be big enough. And you'll well, have- you know, you only got three of them. Right, you don't want to be right. fixing little things. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, like, you're you're laughing, but I think that's actually a, that's, that's probably a really good good point, right? You know, if you know that you're 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 constantly going to be looking for things to fix, like yeah. it's it's going to be a never ending story. Like, but I've I've tried this because I know what my what my uh, you know tendency is to look for mm-hmm. these imperfections, right? So. I tried a few projects to say, hey, you know, you're going to find some imperfections. So why don't you limit yourself to just three or four and then call it call it a day, call it done, because, you know, you're going to spend another 15 hours on trying to fix an alignment of, you know, two boards that just didn't make it right or whatever. But, you know, the concept of being able to limit yourself on on ad- addressing these things is Do I you- think it was useful. Do you think the confidence to do that comes from just an overall just comfort level with your work or is it just a i don't i can't care about this the the comfort level comes from outside sources right will Mm -hmm. the will these people uh like it will they hate it and i've i'm starting to learn to quiet my mind more on that and and once once i once i find myself happy with where the progress is at least for mine independent of anybody else's opinions then it's it's it feels so rewarding like when when you pat yourself on the back you know and not listen to anybody else well and and as we've said many times the everyone else will not see what we see right we see all the imperfections everything and 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 they don't see any of them i mean all of us are talented makers and very good at what we do and and we are our own worst critics always right so for sure yeah that's i think i think developing that i mean it's funny how the thick skin isn't just an external thick skin it's almost an internal thick skin that's for sure like you you want to fight you want to have a thick skin for negative comments from people mm-hmm. but the reality is the most negative comments you Comes ever get yeah. are you you're you're literally you will sit there and you'll trash things like i have gotten to the point where i wanted to throw some stuff away and people have told me like you can't throw that away it's beautiful and i'm like no i don't like it and i'll finish <laughs> it i'll take it like well 
Okay. <laughs> so you know? the thing, the thing for me, and this is a weird one, is that Instagram has actually helped me with that because Instagram, I don't care. You know, things don't need to be perfect, and I don't need to explain all that. It, unless it's a commission piece, right? But like, mm-hmm. if I'm just making something for fun, and and I think that's one of the things I love about Instagram is it, they're one and done. You can kind of if it if it flops, it flops or whatever, and you don't have to make it perfect. And I've actually really found that really inspiring because it's let me uh, try new things and experiment in ways that I wouldn't have if 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 it meant something if i was selling it or if i meant if it meant something to someone right i can just kind of say all right it's not perfect i don't need to tell everyone that it's not perfect and and i don't mean to be deceitful but it's just it doesn't matter right, it, right. It, it's it's about for me this project is a learning experience or a fun little like whatever kind of project and i can just accept the fact that it's not going to be perfect and no one needs to know that and it's fine Right. Yeah, I I totally agree. I I think for me, I uh, didn't have the chance really in these recent years to to do anything that I 100 percent wanted to do up up until recently, the Game Boy project. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that was where I was free to do whatever I wanted to do and use every bit of my skills and experience to produce something that was inside of my head up until that point it was always based on commissions and whatever people you know had a vision and and i didn't really have a lot of creative control and i think it's because i had that experience of 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 making that game boy i i started to realize just the benefit and and the reward of being able to be free with 100 percent creative control to do what you want and then you know and, and then be okay with the end result because it's 100 percent you Right. No, you know, I I think the perfectionist was really based on the commissions that I've that I've been doing because, you know, will the client like it kind of mentality? Well, exactly. And if you're you're charging money for for something, I think that adds another level to perfectionism. Right. Right. I mean, I I have I really struggle with something that Vincent, we were talking about this before we started. Like if I don't think I can do something to the level that I feel is warranted of a commission piece, I, I really don't want to do it. I struggle with that. Um, even if I could do it, if I, if I'm questioning myself, it's a really hard thing to take on. And I take a, it's a lot of stress, right? Mm. So yeah, you, you, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I, I like to say yes before knowing if I could do it or not and then figure it I, out later. I was just yeah, gonna, well, no, <laughs> so that's I. what I was going to yeah, say. So I do like, I, yeah. That's how I've managed. <laughs> yeah. It's really funny you say that because that is exactly how I've managed to cope with it. Right. I almost will almost always say yes and then go, oh God, why did I just say yes to <laughs> right, right? Like, I can't do that. Yeah, you can. You're you don't have a choice. Figure it out. <laughs> well, it also it also pushes you. I think that's the other thing too. And and I say that and I've I've taken on a lot of things that I didn't think I could do. But it's it, it challenges you and pushes you to that next level of saying, All right, well, you've committed to it and they're paying you money. You <laughs> better figure it out. <laughs> And yeah. you, and you almost always do, right? So right, right, right. So exactly. Andrew, you do, you do, you do take commissions for your 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 other. I, I, it's not your day job. You have a day job, and then you have a side a side hustle, and then you have the making stuff. But the side hustle you do, you do take commissions for. And yeah. I was wondering, you know, how much of the how much of the design is stuff where the customer comes to you and says, "I want X Y Z." Or it says, you know, I know your work and here's what I'm looking for. Come up with something like what's your process like with that? And does it make it easier when it's 
you know, obviously when it's you versus, do you prefer it being your artistic vision or your customers just saying, make me this? Right. There are two different categories that I, I guess I can split it up into. One of them is our party design business. My wife and I, we have a uh, party styling display business where uh, the majority of the stuff that I work on is based on client requests and either party planners might uh, reach out to us and say, I have a, you know, a specific backdrop or a specific uh, design that I need made. Can you guys fabricate it for me? Or a cookie monster truck or whatever <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was actually uh that was our design oh was it really yeah that yeah that was one amazing of the, one of the very few things that that we actually had creative control over but um the majority of the time it's usually based on whatever the client wants and we don't want to spend too much time on on trying to implement our own creative control because it, then it hurts the bottom line you know it's I, as much as i want to try to be an artist when making something, the money is just not there to support the time required to get it done. So for the commissions, we usually do what the client asks us to do. And if they give us full creative control, which is not as, as often as we'd hoped, um, mm-hmm. then of course, yeah, we may be willing to spend a little extra time to get things done. And because it's in the event industry, it's not something that's going to be a keepsake forever. So the level of uh, effort and artistic uh, work that goes into it, it you know it's it's not worth it for for the for the money that they're paying for something that's temporary like a wedding backdrop. Because or... you're really just going for the for the the quickly the temporal wow. visual, right. Right. right? You're not going right. you're not going for like this is going to be up for like six years and I don't want it's them to be tired of it. Like, it's right. going to be up for five hours and then right. it's probably going to end up in a dumpster. Exactly. So with that mentality, we we weren't really getting uh you know a chance to really flex our artistic muscles to to get things the way that we wanted to get it done. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of why I started branching off from our side business into the AG does it side where I you know would accept commissions independent from events or anything just random stuff that people would commission me for. And now I'm starting to get a few clients where they would say, you know what, you hold the reins to this. I'll let you do what you need to do. Just make sure it says Owen, you know, (laughs) (laughs) or, or just say, make sure that it has this, right. Just one small requirement. And then, um, like, it's just been a blast being able to, to, to see what I can do and challenge myself to, to see, you know, what can come up from having full creative control. I haven't had a lot. I think that's one of the things about the added benefits of Instagram or YouTube or content in overall is that it is it is a portfolio right so it is a like there's probably there's people that now you have a portfolio that says this is look at how creative i am right you don't have to just believe me when i say it look at all the stuff (laughs) i can do and uh and just and just trust me you know just trust me that i'm gonna do you do well by you right yeah, I, I don't like to do anything twice or do repetitive kind of things. I, I always love to take on projects that'll, you know, stretch a different muscle, artistic mm-hmm. muscle, so that I could just keep growing. You know, yes, it may be a little selfish and yes, we might not make as much, you know, on our side hustle, but the happiness factor is always key, a driving right. one. You have to be engaged and, and, and excited about it. Otherwise like it's just gonna become a day job, right? Yep. Yep. And I have that already. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> have you, I mean, knowing that now, do you 
do you turn down commissions or are you like the I actually take, do take all the call you do yeah I do turn down commissions and Good I even, <laughs> I pass them off to people who might be more uh, uh, available or even more down their alley of artistic vision you know mm-hmm. um, I recently passed off a few uh, projects to some other makers that I know that, that either are available or or can do it way you know ten times better than I can. Um, yeah, so I have passed off work and not felt bad about it. I think, you know, and, and as long as you, you, you lay it down, you know, clearly, like I would love to do a piece for you. You know, I just don't have the time right now. My turnaround time is this, this long or whatever. And if you want to go wait, you know, that's fine. If not, if you have, if you're pressed for time, then here's another great maker that you could probably, uh, use and they'll probably, you know, serve you just as good. I don't feel bad about that. I, I think that's a certain amount of confidence that, you know, so like when, when I, it's funny because when I first started doing commission work, a lot of it was like, oh, if I say no, he's never going to come back to me right. again. Right. And you really, that's a really, it's a scary thought. It's like, I'm going to get one shot to work with this person. If I tell them no, they're going to go work with someone and then they're never going to come back. And yeah. It, I it, had some I had some really good experience with that and being able to turn down work with my with my day job it's actually just myself it's my own um company mm-hmm. where I have been super super busy getting booked left and right I would be traveling 6 to 7 months out of the year and being able to have the experience of turning down work and being okay with it has proved itself useful because even after turning them down I would get a call back a year right. later and just, wow. Yeah, they would still hit me up and be like, "Oh shoot, I thought I lost this client because I said no, but they yeah. remember you as long as you make a good impression." I was just going to say that I actually think that it it makes an impression if you say I love your business, but I like I like here's someone that could do this specific thing better or this person has time right now and I don't. I think that actually cuz I've had the same thing. I've I've turned people down and said, "Listen, I just don't have time now or this this specific thing is not in my wheelhouse to the level that I think you deserve. This person right. can do it, and they I, more often than not those pe- those people come back for another project or another thing because sure. they they respect the fact that you that you turn them on to a, a good bit you know another option. That I think they respect that a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, we're totally comfortable passing off business to other, you know, people in the industry or just, you know, as long as you, you, you don't burn a bridge, they'll, right. they'll most likely come back. If you've done a project for them before and, and you've done a great job, you left a great impression. You shouldn't have to worry about that. Yeah. That's, totally that's a pretty fantastic outlook. I mean, like I said, that takes a certain amount of swagger to and have the self-confidence. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. To know that you can turn down work and not lose the work forever. So yeah. I, 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 even now I still struggle with that. So I hope one day I can hit that point where I can turn something down. I can decide this really isn't for me and I don't have to do it because I don't need, I know that there'll be another commission down the line that I might be a better fit for that I can do for this person. Right. Yeah. And also, you know, sometimes if it's not a good fit, like I got one of my friends, his um, his grandfather or his uncle owned a bar, and he's like, "I need some tap handles." I'm like, "Dude, I'm not in a position to make tap handles for you. Like, I'm just, it's not my, it's not, I don't have a lathe." And he wanted like classic, like you know, spun mm-hmm. tap handles, and I'm like, "That's not really something I'm capable of doing." I said, "But you know, I can give you a couple of guys that can do it." And I worried that I would never get to work for them again. But 
it was more of the worry because I don't really know that he has anything for me to do, you know, right. and it's, it's got to come with, you know, the, I wouldn't have done it. Even if I was able to fabricate something for him, it wouldn't have been good. Right. And like, sometimes that's actually just as important. Like not just saying I need to do the work so I'll get future work from this person. It's I need to do good work for this person or I'm never going to get work from this person anyway. And and sometimes it's not the right fit and that's fine. Like, I don't think that's, you know, if, if again, if you're not going to make money or you're not going to make money in a profitable way because either you have to use too much, whatever it is, mm-hmm. then that that's, a, that's not a bad thing. Put them on put them in connection with someone that can do it and, you know, and then come up with the next opportunity and capitalize on that next opportunity. So, yeah, cool. For sure. Um, we're going to take a quick break and hit the sponsors. Uh, we'll come back. We'll talk to Andrew a little more and we'll do uh, video of the week, things of the week, and we'll get up on out of here. So we will be right back. If your home is feeling a little bit drab and uninspired, maybe it just needs a touch of art. Creative Ward Gallery is run by friend of the show, Marion Ward, who does Bob Ross-inspired landscapes in acrylic and oil, and will even do custom commissions to suit your mood or decor. Check her out at Instagram.com slash Creative Ward Gallery. And if you mention you heard about her on Because We Make, she'll ship your piece for free in the United States. What are you waiting for? Dress up your home today. And we are back. So this is the part where we do our heart-to-heart set. No, <laughs> kidding. But one of the things, and I've told Andrew this in um, in his DMs on Instagram, because I just, you know, I slide, slide up into in people's yeah. DMs. Yeah, man. You know, <laughs> it's it's 2020. You could slide up in another dude's DMs and it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> it's all um, right. I mean, you know, I don't judge. You guys do what y'all need to do. But one of the things I love about your, particularly your stories, because that's where you're, you know, you're most personal and the most... It's the most, um, it's a, the best glimpse of your personal life. Your relationship with your son yeah. is just yeah. absolutely fan freaking tastic. He's freaking hilarious. <laughs> and you he guys are like, you guys up. are like, you guys are like buddies. It's the craziest thing. Like, I'm almost, I'm almost jealous of the relationship that you have with your son. Like, it's oh, just, man. it's so great. Why don't you? Uh, Tell us a little bit about him and what he's like and yeah, how I'll, you guys got to be buds. Uh, I, I think, you know, Owen is four and a half years old and he has been the the joy of, of my life for the past couple of years. And he's just been a firecracker. And I don't know if it's because of <laughs> I used to be like an energy drink junkie. And maybe all of the residual energy that I had has just passed down to him when he was born. I mean, the guy was dancing in the womb when we would play certain songs, only certain songs. And um, he was like, yeah, he, he's like I, an I OG explain. B-boy. Like, I think so. And he's always up for anything. Like he has yeah. this positive mentality. He's always wanting to play or now he's like Hulk mode for the past week or two. He's, he's all about Marvel and Spider-Man and Hulk. But like he knows how to get into characters so good. Oh yeah, like char- character like oh, why don't you become Black Panther or why don't you do this? And like he knows Instantly. how to, yeah, yeah. And like he will not hesitate at all, like to to dance or to do something. Or I said, hey, why don't you make a beat with the beatboxing? And you know, he tries his best. And I, I think it comes from just a level of confidence that that my wife and I just instill right. in him, and that anything is never frowned upon. 
you know, whatever he wants to do, he, he, he does it. And, you know, with certain restriction, of course, but it doesn't stop him. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, his, and it, it doesn't hurt. His smile's infectious. Like, it's just such a genuine kid happiness, right? It's something that we can't capture as adults, right? It's just like, yeah, he's really, really happy. And, it, and he's, but yeah, you're right. He, he just, he just jumps in. Even this, like the homeschooling, you know, you right, like you've shown right. a couple of videos and he, he started what kindergarten? Is it kindergarten? Um, no, he's in, he's in preschool, right? Or like pre-school. pre-K, wow. I think. Yeah. So, yeah. and he's doing pre-K from home and like, it's just, it's fun to watch him learn. And I don't know what it is. Yeah. It's just, it's really cute. So, yeah, I, I think he, he's the most interactive in his class and the class being only like, you know, three or four kids at a time, but he, Loves to be the center of attention. I think <laughs> I, I wonder where he gets that from. Yeah, I mean, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but he loves to entertain, and entertainment yeah. has been the backbone of my family for, for ever since the beginning of time. I think, like you know, my parents had a band, and and we, I mean, me and my four brothers. We yeah, I was going to say you have a pretty big family, don't you? Yeah, I have four brothers and a sister in the Philippines, but my four brothers live in the states, and we have all been entertainers at heart. Like me and my older two brothers were dancers back in the day break dancers and then my younger two brothers were musicians and i kind of got the benefit of both worlds where i got the musician and the interest in dancing uh back then so entertainment was was just big and it's so fun to be able to see my son you know have all of those qualities right. from either singing out of nowhere to beatboxing his latest thing is uh stomping on the on the on the ground with a certain beat w- combined with claps what is that like uh is it stomp, uh, stomp. yeah uh, yeah yeah or, he no, uh, makes his own beats doing like stomping and clapping making making his own beats it's no there is that insane. there is some there's a term for that I and mean, there's like a it's a thing like a college things they do yeah it. yeah exactly like uh, fraternities whatever uh, is it just stomping yeah, I don't know what it is. I, all right, I'm gonna look while while you while you keep talking. Owen is gonna stump the yard. <laughs> yeah, he is totally. He could be like a young cast at stump the yard. <laughs> that's amazing. I mean, it's 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 got to be fun. Like he he seems to have so much personality already, and it's like, wow, this is just gonna be. He's gonna be one of those kids. You know, the crazy thing is, I think he knows it. He knows yeah. that he can, he can, he can he command attention. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He can, he can, he knows he can garner attention and keep their attention if it's, if it's, you know, and I love that because that was my whole, you know, theme for how I make my videos. You have to keep their attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I can't wait to see like when he starts getting into, getting into any kind of creative outlet, like how he, you know, uh, pursues that. Is there that little bit of worry in the back of your head? Because, I mean, I knew a lot of kids like that, too, and they were the class clowns. They were always getting in trouble. Like, is there a little bit of worry that, you know, he's going to be the distractive influence in class? Or <laughs> I'm not worried about it. I mean, I, I you know, it's going to be, of course, there's a little worry, right? You can't mm-hmm. really control what happens in the, right. in the in the classroom. But I think as long as we, we you know, as as long as on the home front, we're, we're setting those ground rules or those right. limits, um, you know, they'll kind of have in the back of their mind, you know, knowing when to. Well, I, th- I think it's also you're fostering the the creative side of it. You're not fostering. You're not encouraging the like negative side of it, right? R- I think there's right. something about that where because mm-hmm. my my niece is very very creative as well, and it's the same thing. It's like you have to you have to have rules and stuff like that. 
it's but it's about fostering that creativity and just explore it you know be be who you are and whatever so yeah 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 love it it's it's got to be kind of it's got to be kind of cool just you know like one day you're going oh this kid's cute i love my son my son's good and then all of a sudden he starts to develop this personality and it's like oh wow this kid is awesome (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's weird because i feel like kids are i don't know they're almost stifled into conformity now where it's like we got to calm every kid down and you know wrangle every kid up and tie them to a seat and get them you know every like i was my my nephews when when they were growing up the one thing that drove me crazy and they're not my kids so i don't get to choose how they're raised and i understand that but the one thing that always got me was all their toys had to be educational (laughs) and it was like i i like you have to let a kid be a kid for a little while like you don't have to start cramming education into their head at age four you know it's okay for them to have just a mindless pair of like hulk gloves uh, you know like that's okay it's and what is education though i mean i think that's the other piece of it at least in my opinion, like what is education? There's education that's, you know, book education. And I think there's education of watching your dad make things right. Mm-hmm, right or right. watching your dad play music and right. always having music around you. I think to me, that's, that's huge education. Just yeah, the, I think, yeah. I think the, the concept or per- perspective of education can be skewed. Like you could spin anything to be educational, mm-hmm. Right playing with Hulk gloves playing with Legos, you know, watching, just learning from other people. Just, you know, you don't always have to be in a book. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my, my son does read, which is great. He has a mm-hmm. section of time for that. And then he has a section of time of doing mindless stuff. You know, he'll, uh, I'll say, go stomp on the floor for five minutes. Cause I got to take a call. And <laughs> and then I come back and he says, look, daddy, look what I did. And he just learned, <laughs> he stretched his creative muscles and he made himself a beat. Like, you know, Did, could, were you were you raised <laughs> were you yeah. raised similarly like where it was just like we'll let you be you as long as you know you stay within. I mean, obviously, all parents have boundaries, right? I mean, right. The idea that parents don't have boundaries with kids to me is just laughable. Every parent has some boundary. There was a line, you know. But what, as far as like, were you encouraged in certain directions, or was it I took an interest in this? And then I'm going to take an interest in that. And then I'm going to take an interest in that. And your parents are just like, all right, cool. That's what you're right. doing today. That's yeah, cool. it's exactly the latter. Uh, mm-hmm. My my parents have given me full kind of <clears throat> reign to to do whatever we wanted. And as long as we were home by nine or 10 or whatever um, and not in trouble, you know, right. they, would, they would support whatever we did. Um, you know, everything from uh starting a new business they would be like okay if you think that's cool then that's that's great you do that you know <laughs> that, that was their mentality and and that like i've been blessed to be able to have that experience to to be able to get that freedom to do whatever you want and and you know they would put their foot down if they noticed that i was going beyond and like you know i'm i'm not gonna come home till two o'clock on a school night because uh, i gotta get this done like you know they would they would put their foot down when it comes to that and i guess but, right well, i guess part of the way you raise part of the way you raise your own son is like well i was raised this way and it worked so there's no reason for me to not raise my son the same way then right right and i you mm-hmm. know i also take into consideration you know what my wife thinks and we always talk about you know is this is this cool is this right you know what do you think about this and 
you know, let's try this new thing and, and see how he takes it. Oh, shoot, he actually likes it. So why don't we keep going with that until there's something else? And, you know, always changing it up is, and always keeping it exciting is what we always try to do. I think and I think that's, again, for me and Vincent, who don't have kids, it's hard to talk about. But, hey, I have a cat. Leave me alone. But, but, <laughs> but I also think that there's no blueprint for raising kids. And, right. and I th- also think that every kid is different. And I think good parents, in my opinion, good parents adapt to that, to each kid. Each kid is different. And, uh, and I say that because I know I was different. Like I had a lot of learning disabilities and all those types of things. And my parents fostered that in a way that was different than my brother. And that's, Mm -hmm. and, and they adapted to who I was and not necessarily a hundred percent what their, you know, their viewpoints on how to raise a kid were. Um, yeah, let me let me share with you the secret sauce to how to raise children. <laughs> are you ready for this? Wait, you ready are for you this? talking about I, In-N-Out Burger? Because I love In-N-Out. <laughs> That's a good secret sauce. <laughs> well, we haven't talked about my daughter yet. I have a 14-year-old daughter yes, from a okay. previous relationship. But the secret sauce, you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Into raising kids is to have zero expectation. Yeah. Zero. Zilch. Nothing. Don't that. expect anything of your kids. Don't expect them to be just like you. I won't be butthurt if my my son doesn't end up being a maker or whatever. I mean, and and that will keep your mind grounded because then it's it's really just a flower that's blooming the way that it wants to to bloom. And you're and, and you're just you're feeding it, you know, fertilizing it, right? You're, yeah, you're feeding yeah. it whatever you want. I mean, you know, you want to have them taste everything, right? Right. Check check everything out and see what they are attracted to and be okay with it. I think, you know, with that zero expectation, you you'll you'll be happy and right. if they you'll see be you happy too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You'll be that's the important thing. Like it it has to come from you. Your happiness will fuel their happiness. Right? If you have zero expectation about how they're going to grow up, what they're learning, is this the right thing or what? Then they'll see that you are just kind of go with the flow and they'll be, they'll just take that, you know, right from you and they'll continue with that. One of the things, one of the things you said in the first half of the show that really, um, that really caught my attention, you talked about the fact that you are in the, um, your second, your secondary business with your wife. Right. And for a lot of people, that's a, ooh, that's a, that's a, that's a, Bad idea for a lot of people. And I'm just curious, how does that, how's that working out? And how do you manage to make that work? And how do you separate your personal time? Because one of the easiest things to do when you don't work with your wife is like, oh, I'm with my wife. It's personal time now. But if you work with your (laughs) wife and then you're at home with your wife, like, how do you, how do you create those boundaries? So I'm just wondering how, how does that work for you? And how do you guys make it work? Yeah, I've, I've been so lucky to have found her. When I knew that she was the one was when we first started dating, um, I was, we, we got into DIYing and we just bought our first home separately. We both bought our own homes. We ended up being neighbors, like literally across the street or around the corner from each other's house because we shared the same realtor. So being neighbors at first, we started to cultivate this friendship and uh, DIY stuff like, oh, look what I'm doing with, I'm installing a new camera or security camera. Do you want one too? It's like, yeah. So we started to get into this whole DIY thing and building and making. And and the way that we would approach certain things was 
almost business-like because it wasn't, there were no feelings involved. It was just like, do you need this done? Sure. I could do this for you. And, and we were able to draw the line between personal and professional or business or neighbor, so to speak, really good and change the gears when it's time to have fun or something. That's why I knew she was a keeper. So, <laughs> wow. You know, and then you knew then before I, and you guys can <laughs> roller skate. From yeah, right? that. I, I helped her uh, uh, build her party styling business and which then evolved into, you know, a joint kind of venture. Um, but talking, walking her through that and getting her confidence up to build a business like, you know, cause I saw that you have something really cool. You're a creative, you're, you're really creative and you should start a business with this. And, um, having that experience uh, going into marriage, knowing that when things get serious about business or whatever and working together, I knew that we weren't going to have any problems because we've dated for like two years and and I kind of knew that this would probably be the way that it would be when it's when it's time to work together. Do you, um, is it almost, is it, do you separate it or is it just that you guys are, understand that it is part of, part of your relationship that you, deal with yeah so so i think we blend it together and it the way that we separate it is through our mind so we we would have date nights right Mm -hmm. we would have date nights we we talk about whatever and then we would just whip out our phones and say all right so what's tomorrow's post is going to (laughs) be you know what we would just switch it real quick just kind of go with the flow like if you feel like talking about business um, then we'll, we'll, we'll just do that and, and knock it out. Like, Oh, I forgot to, t- to, you know, to call that, that client who uh, left us a message or something. And it's, it's okay. I don't think we're hard pressed on like, Hey, this is our date night. We're supposed to be thinking about nothing, but just us. Right. Uh, I think the fact that both of us have that mentality of, Hey, we can switch at any time. Um, Right is 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 beautiful. You know, I I think that's why it's working with us because if we want to just be on our own on working on the business in our own ends, like all I need to do is close the door, and right. she's chatting with me on IM. You know, like as if she's a cubicle away. You know, <laughs> during certain hours we're kind of in work mode. And, well, I think I you know, and I think that's. I mean, I think there's. I don't think every relationship can do that. I don't know if mine could do that, but. Um, but like Evan and Caitlin can do that. Like, I think there is, Mm -hmm. there is, there's something to be said for a mindset. Like you said, like you can, you can kind of switch gears and switch it to that without feeling like you're. I always wonder, it's not so, yeah, I always wondered more about the, like, how do you, like you said, you had date night and I know that that's, that's a a good thing. Right. But do you, cause I know someone like me. I'm just using myself as an example, right? And uh, sure. this is why I'm curious. So for someone like me, like at night when I get home, a lot of nights are spent just, you know, relaxing on the couch, watching YouTube and maybe playing Animal Crossing with my friends. Like that's what I like to do at night. I come home from work. I don't really want to be bothered. Usually my my busy time is my mornings when I first get up right before I go to work and then my time at work. And then when I come home, I don't want to do it. But if I was working with my wife and I I know what would end up happening, like I'd be sitting on the couch and be like, can we talk about this client for a minute? And you, you, what you, what you end up, what I feel like would end up happening. Cause I almost feel myself bouncing ideas off her. Now mm-hmm. it's like, I would worry that <clears throat> the business, if we were working together, would just keep encroaching little by little onto our personal life. And that's the kind of boundary. I always wondered how people that work together can set those boundaries because I'm not capable 
of even having that boundary as far as I talk about my work. <laughs> right. Even, even though you aren't in the same. Even though this, we don't right, work together. Right. So even though we don't, like, I can only imagine, like, if we did work together, it's like, oh, well, this is this is business related. We, we need to have this conversation. Let's have it now. You know, so I'm just, I'm just yeah, you know, it's something I, I think, I'm interested in. I think the the angle uh, that that we're looking at it is because of our situation um, prior to COVID, we have always been kind of working from home together, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And over time, you would learn to know to switch that off because if not, you'll mm. always be in work mode. That's I think, what I was working. Okay, that's yeah, what yeah, I was yeah. thinking. There, yeah. It's it's realistic that there may be times where you, it may overlap a little too much. Like you might be having dreams about that because we're, we're we don't shut off at five o'clock, right? right? We're exactly. working from home. You are working 24 seven, basically whenever you want to. Yep. Um, and, and to realize that, that, um, you know, that fact that we, the only way that we'll have any kind of sanity is to be able to just roll with the punches. We might get a call from a client at 11 PM saying, can you make this for tomorrow and mm-hmm. be okay with that? Like, right. I think the reality of being able to work from home and again, kind of having zero expectations on, on how the work from home life with your spouse is going to be, um, you know, we're, we're always open to that. And our mind our we're really literally on the same wavelength when it comes to how we're handling our business. And it's, it's literally 50, 50 in a sense of work effort, but mm-hmm. roles are interchangeable. Hmm. Oh, that's really, yeah. yeah, though. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. We, we both take both roles. I mean, I taught her how to use a laser cutter. So like if I'm ever busy, you know, drafting a bid for somebody, she can handle making some cake toppers. I mean, mm-hmm. see, that's you know, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. Like being able to, uh, I, I didn't want it to be so traditional that she would handle one aspect or whatever. And I would be one, like, I'm always interested in seeing, like, I know that she's good at conceptualizing and designing and I'm great at fabricating, but why not, you know, teach a little bit from each other's trade so that we can understand better. I, I think that's, I think that's amazing. Actually. I, I don't think that, well, I, I, yeah, I don't think there's many people or many couples or many partners that actually do that. I think that's really, really brilliant. It's, it's, you may Keeps specialize things interesting in something. for sure. Yeah. Well, you may, you may specialize in something, but you have the ability to do the other thing too. Right. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that makes it so that it's not, if I, if I'm not here, no one can do this. And I think that causes some con- uh, contention sometimes. I don't know. Yeah, and I think the reason why we kind of uh, started to blend our skills and responsibilities together is when I would uh, travel for a trial, um, right. I would be out of town and there would be clients still calling us and asking us to do stuff. So I had to train Michelle how to you know, work around the shop, at least to a basic uh, level so that business can continue and we're not leaving people in the dark. So it was more born out of necessity to be able to blend our skills together so that there will be no lapse in, in coverage or talking about insurance. Isn't isn't it amazing? (laughs) Isn't it amazing though? How you you like, I've, I've realized like when I started really pushing myself to make this into a business, how you just kind of become a business guy just doing it. Like, you know, like the way you just, the way you just described it, like to have that continuity when you're out of town, like there's something can still happen when you're not there to make it happen. You know, for me, it was getting my logistics set up so that when it came time to ship, it was something I didn't need to think about. It was set up. It was ready to go long before I got my first order. I had the ability to ship my first order, you know, 
Yeah. And it's, it's kind of funny how you, your mind instantly switches into a certain mode. And I guess maybe that's kind of what you were talking about being able to switch it on and off. And, you know, you sometimes the switch just happens automatically where, oh, this is a business and I need to do this the way a business does this. And we're going to make it work that way. Well, I think it's also though, it's the not having the ego of it either. Cause I, I think right. I mean, looking at myself, I'd be like, I'm proud of the fact that I can do this, right? This is what makes the bit like this business is because I have the talent of doing this and I don't want anyone else to be able to do like, and that's a yeah. wrong business decision, right? I, I should train, I should teach my significant other how to do this so that when I'm out of town, we can keep the business going. But that's a hard thing to do when you have a ego or a confidence thing, right? Yeah, I've I mean, never, you know, I've never I, looked at it that way. And that's actually kind of scary to think of it because there is a certain amount of truth to that. Oh, definitely, yeah. right? <laughs> I, I think it just kind of goes to the basis of 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 uh, scaling, scaling mm-hmm. any business, right? Mm-hmm. Before I start to teach anybody to do any part of my everyday life, like I would need to, you know, be really good at it so that I can decide what to teach, mm-hmm. right? I'm not going to expect my wife to 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 spend, you know, to be as creative on the laser, but at least can pop out a couple of cake toppers. And that already is a lot of time saved and, and increasing in productivity, like being able to choose, uh, you know, just limit certain, uh, tasks of a, of a job, um, is, is already, you know, greatly beneficial to, to the overall continuity of the business. Right. Yeah. That's pretty, it's, it's pretty fantastic. I mean, and the truth is that not, in every, not in every, in every couple, or you know, even in every partnership in a business, you can't always teach your partner. So the fact that you you're able to have a partner that you can, even if it's just stuff that's just okay. This, like you said, you know, even if it's just bang out a couple of cake toppers. But you know, if you if that's you know, a cup frees you up for a couple of hours to not be banging out cake toppers, then there you go. That's that's perfect. That's exactly the kind of stuff that. You know, people think a division of labor means an equal division of labor, and that's not always the case. Sometimes right. a division of labor is there's multiple tasks, and all of these tasks need to get done. Most of them need right. to get done simultaneously, and that's where the split needs to happen. Like these things need to all be moving, not necessarily right. split in half. So, for sure, for sure. Yep. That's pretty fantastic. It's cool yeah. that you have that relationship. Like, it is that, very cool. It's, you know, I'm, I don't, I don't have that. I, I don't. I, I just don't. I mean, for me, my you know, handmade by Vincent Ferrari is a one man show. Well, same, really same with me. And and again, yeah. it's not because we couldn't work it's, together. It's just no. It's we, just that's the way it is. Yeah. Right. It, it it I it never was more than a one person show. You know, there were times where like if I when we did the keychains for the Enlighten Us Challenge, thank God I had a second set of hands. Yeah. She was wow like all star. Yeah. She <laughs> weeded every single one of them. <laughs> it's like I ain't doing that. that that's love right did, there. Did that you get one? Love. I actually didn't. I was going to ask you. As oh guys. yeah, all right. So, so, I didn't think I sent you <laughs> one. So I'm, we'll I'll, talk I'll after the one. show. We'll yeah. get, we absolutely have to get you one. <laughs> I was um, waiting in the mail, just patiently on my doorstep, just every day, every day, being like, I can't wait get for the it I don't understand. I didn't give him my address and I still don't have a keychain. How does this work? What is this magic that they expect to happen? Like they're, right. they're uh, you're you're right. definitely getting one. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Thing. For the last, I can't how many do you have left even? Uh not many. I think three. Yeah. yeah, okay. So I I estimated pretty well with the number we needed, which is good. Basically I just took a sheet of Glowforge um natural leather and I just 
fit as many as I could on the sheet of leather. By the way, Andrew, cool. how yeah. bad does leather smell? <laughs> the glow Ooh, oh Man, I, put, I, I have the respirator on all the time whenever I do that. Like, even just cutting a small little quarter-inch hole. Terrible. Worst. It's worse than acrylic by finding Basically, so. it literally smells I'm, I'm not even kidding it smells like a dog is on fire like that's what it smells like it smells like somebody lit fire to a dog and <laughs> so this was going for like i don't know three hours to cut There's all the a lot of, yeah you cut a lot of keychains the house stunk for two days and that's still agreed to take yeah out. yeah she sure did she gets a pat on the back for that one that's yep. for damn sure because Wow, does it does it smell gnarly? One of the things I love about one of the things I love about you is like just recently, in fact. So I love that you work with digital fabrication stuff because that is my favorite part of making like CNC and laser stuff. I just got CNC, but I've had the Glowforge now for oh, it'll be two years in January, and I absolutely love that thing. Like I use it way more than just about anyone I know that has one, except for maybe you. And I love how adaptable you are to the digital fabrication stuff. Like is how much, cause you know, we were talking about division of labor and, you know, getting your wife using the laser, but just having those digital fab tools also just saves you so much. It's like as, as Ben Neiman, Neiman got it right, Ben, as mm-hmm. Ben Neiman says, it's like when you get one, it's like hiring your first employee. And it is. Yeah. I, I, right. I love it. I, I think when we first got the laser, I was literally trying to throw everything under the laser to see how it would react. And within my first week, I had my first fire. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was actually Walnut and, um, yeah, I had like a, a one eighth inch piece of Walnut and we we're cutting, uh, escort names for all of the guests at our wedding so that each each piece was probably like you know three inches wide so with all of the little pieces uh that were cut you know it uh i think when the laser run over ran over little small pieces it actually caught fire really quick so that was a rude awakening like okay don't throw everything under the (laughs) (laughs) and i didn't even have my fire extinguisher so like i literally had to pick up the grate throw it on the floor and start stomping on it (laughs) Well, the, the great debate, the great de- debate, especially among woodworkers, is, is like, is lasering woodworking, is CNC woodworking? And uh, all I think is like, when I hear them, I'm like, who cares? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Does anyone, like, I, 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 swear, I, I, I you're that much of a purist about it? Like, fine, be that way, but who cares what you think? Like, yeah. I don't know. I can't imagine people like I've seen so many people turn them into businesses and stuff. And it's like, you're going to, you're going to deprive a person of having a business because you're a purist about the technique that they're using to make the things that they make. Like don't make any, don't have any business. Like who cares? I don't know. I can't imagine. I can't imagine like this weekend I was doing a bunch of stuff in the shop and I had the CNC was cutting out some stuff. The laser was engraving some stuff. I was sanding some stuff. And it's like, that's like having three people in my shop doing this. And three, by the way, three skilled people because right. the laser is not doing things that you can just do like a monkey off the street. And the CNC is not doing things that like a monkey could do off the street. So I don't know, man. I just, I uh, love having robots in my shop. I'm just exactly. Yeah. I feel like a robot I overlord. And I still would love to have robots. <laughs> expect everyone that has robots in their shop. So it's like Skynet. The only thing that could be a problem is. <laughs> These robots have a turn on me. I'm screwed because they have a lot of sharp and pa- and painful things that they could do to you. Like 
That's, getting cut off with lasers just doesn't sound like a lot of fun to me, but yeah. maybe that's me. <laughs> no, I, I think I'm more of a digital fabricator more than a woodworker. I think uh, you know, I just you, I, you do a good job. The one thing that you do 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 the one thing you do that that really makes me smile is and you it was really evident when you did the um the sign the light up thing the light up sign for the enlightenment challenge is you do a good job of mixing traditional woodwork and laser and cnc like you're not you're not a one-trick pony i know a lot of people i won't name the name but we were just talking about a particular woodworker who used to do a lot of woodworking videos and now just every once in a while pops up with a cnc video and it's like okay cool you know you're doing cnc videos i don't fault you for that but it's like i don't feel like that person cares about doing woodwork anymore. And it's like, it's kind of sad to see. And I don't, I I, I like, I like it too. I I mean, just the diversity of, of techniques and, and tools used in each build. I always try to change it up because I don't want it to just be a traditional woodworking or, or straight up, you know, lasering or something. So, you know, I think that last unlikeness project was a a perfect example of, of, of my mindset of I can't leave anything out. I, I want to keep things interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did have a lot of, you know, I used almost all of my tools uh, to, <laughs> to make that, you know. To, to well, watching it come together, watching it come together was just, I was like, wh- when I saw the initial picture, I'm like, okay, that's cool. Like I, it's, it looked cool. Right. And I'm watching the video. I'm like, is that how he did that? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. And then one of the things you did that I just smiled, I was like, yeah, this is what I would come to expect is when you made the, the cover for the back and it just looked like it was perfectly in the right spot and it was wood. It wasn't, you didn't just like slap the stuff underneath and put like a piece of felt. Nope. It had a piece of wood through <laughs> and it was clean and it looked right. Like well, that's, the, that's the full picture, right? That's the full yeah, project. Yeah. That's something exactly. that's the, what I love about what I love about the stuff that you make in general is that you could put it on a turntable and not really go, Oh, that's the back. That's why he didn't really mm-hmm. fit. Like you really do. You care like the, but it's like my, when my dad was making cabinets, he always finished the back of the cabinets and mm. It's like he knew it was not finished. You know, when I read that in Steve Jobs' book about Steve Jobs' father was a carpenter. And one oh, time I didn't know that his dad was making cabinets. And Steve said, why are you finishing the back of the cabinets? No one's going to know. And he goes, I know. I know. Right. Totally. I, I goose, in fact, I'm getting goosebumps right now because my dad did that. Mm-hmm. He would finish every cabinet he ever made. He finished the back of, and it's like, why are you finishing the back? No one's gonna, no one's gonna know that it's not finished. And he, he always said, "I know, that's right. all that matters. Like, I want it to be completely finished. I don't want it to have an unfinished side. It's, a, yeah. it's respectful to have an unfinished." I was like, "Wow, yes, yeah. yes, the details, man." But that's what I thought of when I saw the the amount of work that you put into like the back of your Owen light up thing. It was like, yeah, he's kind of like my dad in that regard, and it's just kind of cool. So, yeah. Love my gushy it. moment of the episode. Gushy. <laughs> Gotta get one in every episode. <laughs> we have wanna move on to video of the week, gentlemen? Yeah, let's do it. Sure. Right. So the video of the week this week, it was a, a little bit of a lean crop, but we did come up with a good one. We did yeah. come up with a good one. And it's somebody, you know, I thought about it. We've never picked her for video of the week. Have we not? We, yeah. I mean, yeah, no, because we I, I've talked about her and you've talked about her. But yeah, you're right. Week. She's never been a thing of the week. Yeah. So now huh. 
Or now video maybe, of the week, sorry. Yeah, we could get her as a guest now because oh, yeah. she's been video of the week. That's how it works. We Guys, if you haven't figured it out, we pick people as video of the week so we can get them as guests. <laughs> that's a scummy thing to do. Um, so that's how it goes, huh? <laughs> well, I mean, you were a winner and you're here, you know. She <laughs> awarded someone a winner while they were on the show. It was kind of cool. <laughs> um, now, the winner of this week is Laura Kampf. And the it's pretty obvious why. First of all, Laura's amazing. Yeah. And... You just the bottom line is Laura's amazing. And the tech we, we talked about this beforehand. The 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 folding bike that she made is pretty amazing. Right. It's not the most complicated build. Yeah, right? and, and, and and I will I will say not my like not the most amazing project video ever. I, I and I'll I go out but I don't mean that in a bad way. I just I just wanna it's But what what yeah. it did bring to the table right. was some really cool ideas yes the way she thinks that's mm-hmm. and that's why it's the video the, of the week right? the, mind of sure. laura, the mind of laura kampf must be amazing scary place to be for normal non-laura kampf people right um so like one of the things that she did was she wanted to make the hinge for this folding bike and she took a plate of steel and welded on a piece of bike chain and then cut the piece of steel so that it made a hinge and it's like wow that's really freaking cool. <laughs> well, and I love the fact that it's a bike chain for a foldable bike because mm-hmm. the bike chain was a, absolutely the right choice for that hinge, but it also was like completely relevant for the bike foldable bike, right? Yeah. So, how are either of you guys like into bikes at all? Or I used to I be. have a bike. <laughs> I have one that I rarely ride, mainly because my house is on a hill, and I just dread yeah, going up that hill yeah. to go back home. <laughs> no, um, no bike, bikes. I I used to when I was little. I mean, little when I was like uh, probably twelve or thirteen. Bikes were everything. I yeah. bought bikes at uh, garage sales and I repurposed them and stuff like that, but never, I didn't do anything ever like that. Right. So there's a, so there's a company that makes folding bikes and the brand I think is Dahone, D-A-H-O. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And you know, like you typically find them with hipsters in the city now because mm-hmm. they, everybody wants to ride a bike, but nobody wants to chain up a bike. They want to take it with them. So this, but this company makes bikes that are just, I think they're like $1,200, like with right. like, 12 inch tires like they're they're really odd bikes and they're geared in such a way that you can ride them easily they're just bizarre right mm-hmm. what she did what what i loved about what she did like as someone who really likes bikes um what she managed to do was basically even though it was self-made was an upgrade to the concept of a folding bike because mm-hmm. what she did was she basically put a hinge and a really crazy cool locking mechanism. The locking mechanism was what made it. Yeah, yeah that that's what gets me. Like it's, it looks like there's secret doors that she's unlocking. <laughs> right, <time>. exactly. <laughs> exactly. On a twenty-inch BMX bike, which is just—it's fantastic. Like it's such a better. It's a better riding experience because it's got bigger wheels. It's easier to ride because it's got a different gearing. She just, it felt like she, she thought of things when she made this. Like it was really, really cool. Well, that, and that's why, that's why I love Laura Conf because mm-hmm. she, it, she just, she, she had a problem. So she got to the train and they could not, uh, you had to have a reservation for a bike on the train and yeah, she didn't yeah, have it. Train, and like, so she, I was getting so angry. I was gnashing my teeth. At I know, that button. that's stupid. But yeah, yeah morning on an empty train and they kicked her off because right she didn't have a reservation for her bike like oh right that's stupid but 
But she, but that's what I love about her is she took that and I was like, oh, well, now I have an amazing, uh, you know, video and project idea. I'm going to make a foldable bike that I can bring on the train. I don't have to have a reservation. And she made it. And this is, yeah, I, I just wish Shuck I had. it in their face. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, just, I just wish I had like, I mean, I think sometimes I have those ideas, not often, but she has those ideas and then she can also execute them. Which, well, yeah, that's the thing, right? Because like I have those ideas and it's like I have no idea how to make those ideas reality. Like I, just... I, I want to make a briefcase helicopter. I'm, right. I can't make it. So <laughs> yeah. I want to make a messenger bag jetpack. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Let's make yeah. it happen. I have no idea how. <laughs> Necessity breeds innovation for sure. And that video was like a perfect example of that. Yeah, yeah, I she, think she's got a brilliant I remember, mind. I mean, you guys have obviously been watching her for a while too, but I remember like her. I feel like in her early videos, she was always doing something with bikes. Like she was doing. Oh, black she's a, yeah, she has a ton of bike. Yeah, stuff. I mean, I even love she her was, cinematography too. That's what really got me yeah. to oh, to, to keep watching you. her videos. Of course, it got you. Give her the endorsement for Andrew's Andrew's awesome cinematography. Let's go <laughs> tell her how good Lawrence is. <laughs> well, no, but but again, she is she takes the approach of of telling here's here's the situation, here's the or here's the problem I'm trying to solve, and then she makes this a beautiful beautiful video of I, her making it. I loved it. I I gotta say. I'm getting more and more, and Andrew, you're one of them, obviously, but I'm getting more and more to the point where if you're not talking in a video, I'm enjoying your video a lot more. Like, I don't want to hear people talk anymore. Like, it's, I just, it's, just make the thing. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was something that I was struggling with, and I wanted to see if, you know, I, I would take the way that Laura Kampf, you know, makes her videos and, and the fact that she doesn't talk much, that was more engaging to me. And I felt like, mm -hmm. Hey, maybe I might try it like that. But, you know, again, you can't, you can't know what your style is until you try it. So the, the enlightenment challenge video, I did some talking, I did some voiceover and I, you know, I kind of it enjoyed was it. Like so. those. It was, it was like strategic well, almost, but, but it's, it, but it's hard. I mean, it's hard and i and i absolutely am struggling with it right now but it's it's hard because what do you want your videos to be right do you want your videos to be a how-to or kind of an inspirational slash how-to i i, I don't or think how i to, made how yeah. i made right another flip side okay so i'm and i'm just gonna put this out there ethan you mm -hmm. do leather work mm -hmm. right well leather work is not something that everyone does a lot of people that there are certain skills that a lot of makers have, right? And one of those is woodworking. So if I do a woodworking project in a video, I don't really need to explain everything I'm doing because everyone does the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. But if you're doing leather work, explaining what you're doing is probably a good idea because I can tell you that most people that don't have never handled leather don't know, you know, about burnishing, about any of that stuff. Like it's just not in their vocabulary. <laughs> like, i don't even know what burnishing is exactly, <laughs> exactly. well and that's why so someone like you it's almost different like when you make a video if you're doing something leather related you almost have to explain what it is because you're not your your skill is a little more narrow than like someone who makes cutting boards like if i make a cutting board video i don't have to say a word in the video right i can just make the cutting board 
and put it in the video and people would go, that's a cool cutting board. And that's well, the end of the video. <laughs> like, Well, I think, I, yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think, it, well, there's, there are a ton of people that do leatherworking that, but they're not in our space. They're not make like makers are a different, like, dude, the, my favorite leather worker on YouTube, don't take offense to this, obviously, but oh, my favorite, I hate you. On, one of my favorite <laughs> leather workers on YouTube is Hans Atelier. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Hans Atelier, there's no vo- voiceover. No. And, well, and Little King voice- Goods, Little King Goods, which is one of, he's amazing, but it's all ASMR. Yeah. Right. And uh, now I watch your stuff, and the only reason I know what goes on in Hans Atelier's videos is because I watch your stuff and Morley's stuff. Right. And, like, otherwise, I would have no idea what, what that person is making. Like, I know what generally what they're doing, but the techniques they're using, I don't understand any of it until I call upon some of the knowledge I have because there's no VO with any of their stuff. So, well, but that's but that's the hard part about trying to figure out what your YouTube channel is, right? Right. Yeah, that's, do you want to teach people or do you want to just inspire. provide, you know, just inspire? Yeah. And, and, and that, neither of those are bad things. And I, and I think they can also be one and the same. I think that's part of like, so the last video I did was a very tutorial stitching mm-hmm. video, but mm-hmm. my next video may, maybe doesn't need to be that, but is that confusing to the audience? I don't know. You know, there's um, all those questions. And in the end, I think people put way too much effort into figuring out, is this going to confuse the audience? I really do. Oh, I I absolutely agree. I I think like like your audience will figure it out. (laughs) And I think the most important thing, and Andrew, we've talked about like, do what you, what, what makes you happy, right? Like what, what you're proud of is what's most important because you can't control a lot of it. So just it like put out the video that you are proud of. Yeah, and right. and and make sure make sure you're making stuff you like. Right. Otherwise, we can tell. Right. <laughs> we can tell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I like to try things differently all the time, and and it's it's fun to be able to include your audience in that process of discovery. Mm-hmm. You know sure. what what you like, what you don't like, and who cares if you might get some. I have yet to get my first troll comment though. Yeah, either way. I can't uh, wait. Oh, I'm going to give you the be my, biggest troll. No, that'll be my sign of success. <laughs> I know. I know. Every time, every time someone posts their first troll, I'm like, well, listen, you just made it. Like you made it. <laughs> yeah. Stapleton always says I've never met a, I've never met a hater doing better than me. <laughs> <laughs> Certain amount of truth to that. Definitely. Oh, sure. So let's get on to, uh, let's get on to things of the week. And Andrew, when we have guests, we always let our guests go first. So what's your thing of the week? Sure. So uh, recently, in past couple of weeks, I've been just working on little upgrades in my shop. And because I've been focusing more on making good video content, I've been uh, upgrading my lights and my lighting. Um, so there is a, uh, a fill box light that, that I just recently purchased and put out a few videos using that light. And I just absolutely love it because it my my goal for a lot of the, the visual aesthetics of, of my videos is i try to black out the background as much as i can so the focus is literally what's being illuminated and i've always struggled with with uh different ways of lighting and i've always tried different things but recently i just got this uh this light from godox g-o-d-o-x um and it's like it's a dream to work with and it provides a whole new kind of look um 
that that I use and you know I just love it and now I'm trying to find ways to uh be more creative with my lighting. I'm not like a lighting professional, but I I'm just exploring all the time and I recently installed some ceiling tracks in my garage in my shop to be able to eventually mount my lighting on there so I have full creative control cuz I hate tripping over tripods like at any given in any given project like I would have maybe four tripods in the shop floor so I'd have you know one camera I'd have two lights and there there's three tripods already and then I'd have my iPhone for my stories so there's another tripod look I'm tripping over everything so like frustration breeds innovation again right so now I'm trying to lift everything up to the ceiling and and hopefully uh, it, it'll be a long project but um, yeah lighting is is definitely something that I'm well, interested and it in seems right like now. you can hang from it too from what I've well, seen I love, that's what I was gonna say I oh, love for it. sure I love that everyone has taken Ben's design and in one way or another just kind of made it their own. Like yeah, it's been yeah, really cool. how many variations on this same exact thing people have done. It's been freaking amazing to watch. Yeah, I'm so proud of them for being able to to see this thing skyrocket with a whole bunch of different makers and and their takes on things. Like it looks so it looks simple, but he mm-hmm. he said before like he spent months trying to yeah. perfect this design and he made maybe like 50 different iterations of of that version before he finally released it and I, know, I i didn't see the value i didn't necessarily see the value of it until i started seeing more people doing it and i'm like oh i'm really sorry even like um tim from georgia workshop right mm-hmm. he did mm-hmm. in the middle of his, it was kind of brilliant what he did in the middle of his shop he put like the um he put a pipe clamp without one end on it and that's the pipe that he clamped the arm to. And then he has full 360 of his shop with that camera. Where And it's like, wow, that is actually really, really smart. Like if you put a good enough zoom on that and you have 360 degrees around you, you pretty much have your whole shop covered with one camera that isn't on top of you and you're not going to be tripping over the tripod of it. It was pretty brilliant, actually. Yeah, I have this dream uh, scene or just dream shop in, uh, uh, shot in my in my head that I want to try to implement. And I kind of posted a, a quick reel on, on Instagram uh, demonstrating it where it's literally like a 360 uh, oh, yeah. camera where where I the, the pole – or the pipe would be the center point or the pivot point. And then it would be uh, like uh, a camera that would focus on the center of the shop. And I would do like a time lapse with a slowly rotating uh, pipe. I, it's kind of hard to explain in words, but <laughs> basically <laughs> it'll be like a 360 time lapse focusing on one area in the shop so that one revolution could essentially be three hours of work. Of, of time that elapsed in just one revolution. So it'll be slowly rotating, but like now you Earth have rotating basically. Yeah. But now you have movement that's focusing on one thing you've seen, uh, you know, uh, time-lapse moving time-lapses before of like the sun setting and, you know, the moon coming up and stuff that's going outward. But my focus was try to focus on the inward part of the 360. So it's focusing on the very center so I hope to get some shots like that uh, soon, but it'll probably require some more robots. You should consult with Matthew Vandeputa, who's a friend of the show. And he uh, he's a time-lapse photographer and a time-lapse videographer. It's his specialty. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. I should make that, in- I should make that introduction. Yeah, introductions. That's the project of him because he's literally a wizard when it comes to time-lapse. 
So awesome. Yeah. Yeah. See, I can actually make some connections too on this show. <laughs> <laughs> just Ethan with all the connections. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So um just I will have the link to that in the show notes um when the show goes live so that you guys can get one. How much is that? Do you remember or the light that yeah. Yeah, I think it's uh it's from Godox and I think it's about a hundred and fifty, hundred and sixty dollars for a single That's light. That's not bad. One in front of the price of anything on this show, I smile because if it's not in the thousands, a one, right? Will make a much happier. <laughs> yeah, they're spending really expensive stuff on the show. <laughs> I've done a lot of research on trying to finding, uh, trying to find you know the optimal light that that fits within a certain budget. You can easily find similar lights that are you know twice that amount, three times that amount. But mm-hmm. for my purposes, I didn't need like a full on studio, and I was looking for kind of a one-stop shop and and i've done videos with just that one light um yeah and it's worked out so far awesome awesome ethan you're up all right so my thing of the week is actually i mean it's been it's been a little while since i've had it but i'm gonna shout him out anyway so trevor of maker experiment uh on instagram and youtube uh he came up with this um Really, really cool nesting ruler acrylic uh, design. And basically what it is, is it's this piece of acrylic that cuts down into a lot of different pieces that are all different lengths of rulers. Um, And they have all the different measurements and everything like that. But what I really, really like about it is he made a clear one for me because I really like uh, and often need to have to be able to see through the ruler when I'm working with leather and cutting leather and stuff like that. And uh, it's really, really nice uh, to be able to see through it. And it's, it's, I don't know. It's just really, really nice that the way that it comes together and they all nest together. So that it's a really uh, seamless component that hangs on the wall. And yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm probably going to be able to put out a video tomorrow about it. Um, but yeah, that's my thing of the week is uh, Trevor's Very Baker cool. Experiment ruler. It's it was it was actually I liked his video on it. I was like, wow, that's a really neat idea. The way those all kind of sit together because one of the problems you have when you have a bunch of rulers in your shop is they just end up all over the freaking place. And you, I I have hanging hooks for them, and they're just hanging on top of each other, and that just sucks too. So yeah, this is actually a much better solution. So yeah, I yeah, saw Trevor's that video. Really, really cool. cool. Yeah. yeah, Trevor. Trevor's like an engineer, so like he's got really creative ways on on making these things, and also like with just a laser. Like he even put out another video of a, I think it's a box or like a, a chest where that's all made out of laser cut parts. Mm-hmm. That I think till this day he's still modifying the design just to try to fine tune it. But yep, yep. Uh, yeah, he's he's really creative in that in that end, and I love love the way his mind thinks on how to be creative on these things, especially like this this ruler. It it Nothing is kind of cool, like as a laser owner, and I think you probably appreciate this too, Andrew. Like as a laser owner, you look and you go, "Oh wow, he's he's really pushing what this thing can do, isn't he?" Like you start yeah. thinking, like I I I want to do that. <laughs> yeah. Like, do well, that? he's always trying to come up with the next design too, which mm-hmm. I think is really really cool. Like he's he's trying to figure out how do I make laser and acrylic and those types of things or mdf or whatever work in a way that can you know that can benefit the maker community right 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's pushing Tools. the limits of what you can do with something that only does things that are flat. Right, exactly. Like, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's pretty amazing. Like yeah. every he doesn't do like I'm happy when I do a nice cut of something and a nice engrave and something look cool. And Trevor's like, yeah, I'm making three dimensional stuff. Get out of my way. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I like the fact that he not only is helping out the community, but he's also, you know stretching the skill set of of a laser owner like kind of strutting mm-hmm. his stuff and saying right. hey laser guys you la- girls like look this is what else you could do this do is more. what you could do with a laser yeah. too right and just keep thinking outside the box and he's always thinking outside the box like he really is because uh, he uh, he's he's sending me project ideas every day and it's it's pretty impressive so He's reaching out to you with ideas every day, and then he's reaching out to me every day for video tips. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. you're a per- I mean, I, it's understandable. It's like the two of you is like the Wonder Twins or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I love helping him out because, like, he he you know says how can I best you know shoot this thing, and I can't help but like do a quick tutorial, like a five right. minute tutorial, and I'm like, here you go, this is this is how you do it, and then he goes, I hate you. Exactly. Like he, exactly. I feel like he mentioned that on on um on his podcast a couple of weeks ago that he wanted to do the throw something at the screenshot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he asked you for help on how to actually get it done. <laughs> yeah. And he you're did. like, well, you could do it this way. It'll take you a few hours. <laughs> <laughs> no, like it, it's so funny because yeah, I would whip out a quick tutorial video in like three to five minutes and then send it back to him. Like, yeah, you just do it like this with a voiceover and everything. I literally like screenshot my or screen record my phone with the microphone activated so that I could just talk it through and what I'm doing. And I'm, I'm, you know, it's kind of helping me realize that, you know, there may be people out there who would love to have oh, some kind of quick tutorials. 100%. Like, Dude, yeah. I made, Ethan made me make a tutorial video on how to close jump rings. And I've gotten so much feedback on that. And I'm like, yeah. what am I doing wrong? Like I put up cool stuff. I get okay responses. I put up a video on how to close jump rings. No. And it's like, how oh, I, I want, I want that. That's awesome. How do I know? What else? What else do I need to know how to do? It's like, okay. yeah. People are people are hungry for knowledge, and that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. I think. And the funny thing is, they don't know they need it, right? Until they until, until you show right, it to them. Exactly. Yep. I guess I'm just going to have to keep growing my audience. It's a public service. <laughs> <laughs> right. My thing of the week. I'll make it real quick because my thing of the week is not a hundred percent the most interesting thing in the world. I just thought it was kind of cool because I just started playing with it yesterday, and it's Sculpey Three Polymer Clay. There's a lot of different kinds of polymer clay, and I'm only talking about the one brand and the one type that I have experience with, but it's Sculpey 3. Sculpey makes a whole bunch of different clays. They make some that are soft, some that are, when you bake them, they float. They do all kinds of crazy things. This is the this is about as close to beginner clay as you can get. Um, I was challenged by a friend of mine to make something donut related, and I was like, what the hell am I going to make donut related? So I was like, well... I got some polymer clay. I might as well take a crack at it. And all right, it's not perfect, but I got to say for a first attempt at anything ever with clay, I'm really happy with it. It was fun to work with. It's very forgiving. If you put a fingerprint or a a thumbprint or a thumbnail print, which I did on a lot of spots, you can get it out with some basic tools. I think I spent like $25 on all the tools you could ever need to work with clay and then a piece of acrylic. And then the set that I got was like $30, but it's like, 40 different colors well it's very so uh woby designs donut related so 
<laughs> you know what's funny? True story. I literally saw that post, Vincent, and and I bought some donuts after. Like I was at a seven, <laughs> I was at a Seven Eleven, and I just had to have some donuts, and I got one of those six packs from oh, Hostess. Man. That's I, it. You know, yeah, the dangerous kind. And mm-hmm. yeah, I want some I now. Had, what they really call what what you really mean to call the single serving box. Oh yeah. <laughs> Three, sure. Six donuts, my butt. But, yeah, so this stuff is actually really fun and it's it's surprisingly I thought it would be harder to work with. So I want to start making jewelry out of this stuff. And I figured a good way to get comfortable with it would be to just make something with make it. Make a donut. And I made a donut and it came out kind of cool. So now I'm kind of motivated to keep working with it, which is good. I was saying last night that one of the things you'll always learn as a maker is that when you have a good first experience with something, it's going to encourage you to try it again. Mm-hmm. If your first experience with something is crap, you're probably never going to give it a second thought. Yeah. So, but my first experience with this was really good. So it's, awesome. it's Sculpey three. It's, it's idiot proof, even baking it. Like it didn't crack when I baked it, which this stuff cracks like crazy when you bake it. But this is, like I said, super forgiving. So that's my thing of the week. Sculpey awesome. clutch. I'm Very like a nice. child. I like my clay. It's fun. <laughs> it's fun. But it is fun. I'm allowed to have a little fun. <laughs> well, Andrew. Yes. We have reached the end, my friend. Yeah, thank you so much, man. Of course. No, thanks for having me, you guys. I've, I've had a blast. It was really great. I couldn't is, wait to get on this. It, it's been so good. It's been so good to finally, finally, like, really just have a chat with you, pick your brain a little bit. And I, I feel like I feel like I learned some things about you that I had no idea about, which is pretty awesome. So. Very cool. Yeah, I can always share some parenting parenting tips <laughs> at any time. We we um we've been telling people one of the things we've been telling people is you know start watching your your stuff now because it's like getting in on the ground floor. Yeah. Like as far as your YouTube channel because you're gonna blow up. Like it's 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 so yeah, obvious. Andrew, I'm not gonna stop pushing you. Just so okay. Yeah. Please please don't. I'm not gonna say. <laughs> I'm not gonna tell you to stop. Just keep doing it because I need to push in. I need pushing. <laughs> We, we, you know, Ethan, obviously, you know, Ethan really well, but you know, I'm, and I'm new to the game, but I really do love your stuff. And I, even though, you know, there are times where I just go, oh, that's just so above my head, but I just love watching your stuff. And I love watching the stuff that you make. And I love, I love your style. I love the, the polish on your videos. It's just, it's fun to watch. And it's been fun watching you, you know, grow as a YouTuber and following you on Instagram and seeing all your stories and stuff. It's just, Thanks, you're a man. cool dude. And I just really think you're one of the cooler people in the community. And I really hope that a whole bunch of people that have never heard of you before suddenly just flood your YouTube <laughs> channel. <laughs> because I feel like you really have earned it. You're one of the good guys, man. Thanks, man. I'm going to treat it as a marathon. Cause yeah, I, I keep wanting to, you know, that, that mindset of like, you need that viral video. No, it's not <laughs> nope. work that way. Nope. You need to yeah. grow. The slow growth sticks around. Yeah. The fast growth disappears. And I, sure. I know. I know that's that's counter to everybody's advice, but I think anyone that's been around long enough will tell you that the slow growth is the audience that stayed. You know, and that's right. that's what that's what you need more than anything. And you'll get it. You'll. You're, I have no oh, doubt in my absolutely. mind. Absolutely. Yeah. No doubt in my mind. I, I've never said anything with as much confidence. I've said that yeah. you are going to be one of the next big YouTubers. Oh so. man, thank you so much, man. I appreciate that. Um, we'll have all Andrew's um, Andrew's links and stuff in the show notes. Um, it's Instagram.com slash AG does it D-U-Z-I-T. And he's AG does it on the YouTubes. So definitely check him out. ASAP. Tell him you heard about him on Because We Make so people realize we actually have some clout in this space. Otherwise, 
<laughs> just telling people we're going to send them there and you all go, but you don't tell them they found us. And then nobody knows that coming on this show is worth the effort. <laughs> it definitely is, man. It's just fun talking to you guys. Thank you. Thank you. We will be back again next week. We, um, I don't know if we have a guest or not. We might. I think I worked out a guest today and oh, he's nice. a fan of the show. So that's going to be really, really cool. If oh, I don't um, even know. That's exciting. Yeah. So he has no idea because I figured it out probably about I don't know, a couple hours before we started. <laughs> so. But yeah, we we might have a guest next week. If not, guess what, guys? It's going to be Ethan and I for the win. Yes. You're not going to know until you listen next week. Have a great week, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, guys. <laughs>